0: All I could think was boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. <laughs> oh my god, I'm
1: crying. Oh.
0: Everyone's uh. like, what the fuck
1: just happened?
0: <laughs> but in a good way. <clears throat> oh god, we got intro music. <laughs> something so just like be (laughs) quiet and talk after I was like okay it just starts going and I'm like
1: oh that's my new favorite thing oh I love that oh god okay (laughs) literal tears it's fine okay how are you
0: um I'm okay I lost my airpods oh that's heartbreaking I know and I'm sitting in my biology lecture today don't yell at me, mom. <laughs> and I'm sitting in my biology lecture, and he's like, "Like it's okay." So I kind of like slightly used some outside help on a test, um, just on a couple questions that I was like unsure about, right? And
1: um, utilizing your resources. I
0: was utilizing my resources. Thank you. It was an at home test. Like, what did you expect? So. um, He first thing he just starts off, he goes, I know some of you cheated.
1: And I was like, <laughs> like shit, man, it's,
0: it's like a 200 person lecture. So it's not like he can like pinpoint individuals, but he's like, I've already flagged everyone, I think. Um, and I've changed most of our grades to zeros, so, I'm like, frantically, I'm, like, going to Canvas, and I'm, like, oh, my God, like, is my grade a zero? It's not. And I'm, like, oh, thank fuck. And me and the girl sitting next to me, were looking, we're, like, can Canvas see if you change web pages? <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> it can. So, I'm, like, and he goes, I'm going to flag and change everyone's grade, and I'm, like, give them a chance to explain. I'm, like, how do you explain yourself? That? Like... I thought
1: Google was a good source. Yes.
0: I just needed
1: help. In all fairness, do you know how often I just, like, Google something or go talk to another attorney? Like, in the real world, you do that. (laughs) You Google. You jujule. And you go talk to other people. It's like a group test every day. So. So,
0: my grade's not the zero yet. Fingers crossed. Don't yell at me, Mom. Um, we're just waiting. I'm, like, shitting bricks as we speak. Um, What's your
1: explanation going to be?
0: I don't know if he can tell what website I was on. So I was just going to say that I was online shopping and taking brain breaks during the test.
1: There you go. But if he can,
0: if he can tell what website I was on, then I'm just, I'm not going to have an explanation. I'm just going to say that. I had a really rough week and I cheated. Nice, <laughs> so, the truth. <laughs> a little, a little tweaked <laughs> truth. <laughs> so that's how my week has been—just absolutely shitting bricks. Um, but besides that, really good. My knee doesn't hurt as bad, so I'm able to go to CrossFit, but I'm still on profile. That's exciting, Army. Though. I know. I was feeling very. Like I was not getting the alone time I needed. <laughs> I That's wanted fair. to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no I had
1: no outlet for my <laughs> like re- energy.
0: I was just sitting in here all the time. So
1: Yeah. Mom always knows when I haven't been working out because I'm the same way. She's like, Are you okay? And I'm like, No. Have you been working out? <laughs> exactly. That was that was you on Friday. I was like, "Have you been working out?" I had a fucking moment. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're a lot of moments. How have exactly. you been? How was your week? Um, it was. I mean, it's only t- what, Tuesday.
0: Yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah.
1: Um, last week. Yeah. Oh, last week. Uh, was good. I got to see Lainey, um, which was really nice. Uh, our friends left today. So we have like one friend left in uh, one army friend left in Kansas City. I have other friends, but um Do I do. I do Neil. You you <laughs> yes, I do. You fucking brat. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Was that a dog? <laughs> no, that's a that's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I walk up the stairs today, and our fucking 15-year-old house dog's just roaming the halls. I was like, I didn't know you could get up the stairs, bro. <laughs> you good, bro?
1: Anyway, he's, uh, he's so I got sweet. to oh, that's good. I got to see Lainey, which was really nice. Um, I planned some things for Kayla's wedding, which is exciting. It's yes. gonna be so much fun. I know, I'm so excited. Um, and I did some stuff for our wedding. Good. What did you do for your wedding? Was it a oh. surprise? Oh, no, it's not a surprise. I just, impl- I just started inviting people uh, to the next date. You know. What's the next date? June eighteenth. This okay. year. It's actually happening. It's happening. Yeah. I'm, I'm hyped. Um, happening in Washington. Yeah, at mom and dad's.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. While cool. we home. <laughs>
1: I gave, I gave you, like, you, mom, dad, and John an invite, and dad only RSVP'd for you three, not John. When did
0: you, yeah, no, he, yeah, no, John will be there. Um I'm going to actually write that down on my planner, so when I get a job, I can request it off. Yeah. Everyone needs to start telling me these dates, because I had no clue your wedding was June 18th. <laughs> Anyway. anyway, let's hope I still fit in that dress. Okay, continue.
1: <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry. Other than that, um, i have just been pretty busy at work. Um, good busy? I, yeah, good busy. I did get a uh, $9,000 raise, which was pretty cool.
0: Bad bitch Yeah,
1: so that's pretty exciting. Um pretty really exciting. And you might be like, Sydney, why are you talking about money on your podcast? Um, Because, bitches, we should talk about our salaries because that's the only way that people will know if they're being underpaid. So you should talk about your salaries.
0: I've never understood why that was weird, but I think I understand now it's just because men didn't want to tell us they were getting fucking paid more.
1: Yeah, it's not it's weird because of the patriarchy, not for anything else. Yeah, a lot of things are weird because of the patriarchy. Body hair?
0: I haven't shaved my legs, I'm going to be honest. I haven't shaved my legs. Halloween, I think.
1: Oh yeah, I haven't shaved my legs in a hot minute. Because Um, why? John can't can't make me. The fuck? He's He's not in charge of you. One,
0: he would never ask me. He's a sweet, sweet man. But still, I don't do it. (laughs) And you can't even tell. (laughs) Body hair is only weird because men marketed it to be weird so they could sell things and take advantage of women's insecurities
1: hmm And also so that they could get their preference because they see you as an object. Do we Do we ever think it's odd that men
0: like small, hairless, and helpless women
1: seems a little pedoey to me, but seems a little childish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, the tea.
0: Food for thought. <laughs> I love saying that. <laughs> Okay, let's get started. We have things to do. People to see. <laughs> I have an emergency meeting. <laughs> oh, good. In an hour, so- right? Yeah, I love emergency meetings because I know it's never about me because all I do is work <laughs> out. I go to John's and I see you, like, spilled the tea. I'm like, I'm so excited to hear what you fuckers are doing. <laughs> I want to know what you did wrong. <laughs> exactly okay (laughs) do you want to start this week because I feel like I always start so I feel like it's your time to shine
1: yeah I'll start I'm so excited okay so this week we did celebrity murders um and I did the murder of Rebecca Schaefer
0: I recognize the name I don't recognize the crime
1: yeah and I mean honestly I've heard it on podcasts but I've never actually seen any of like Mm. Her, her work that was really loud <laughs> oh, man. I thought I like turned my head away like I backed up and like, I your mic picked that up anyway uh, God <laughs> fucking damn it. sorry guys continue okay Um, So, Rebecca Lucille Schaefer was born November 6th of 1967 to a Jewish family in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, super close. Yes, it is. Um, She was the only child of Dana, I think that's how you pronounce that, it's D-A-N-N-A, Dana, Dana, I don't know, but something like that, Um, and Benson Schaefer. Her mother was an instructor at Portland Community College and her father was a child psychiatrist or psychologist, sorry. Um growing up, Rebecca was very in touch with her Jewish faith, wanting to become a rabbi when she was older. But her junior year of high school, she began modeling and um you know, she started out in like department store catalogs and commercials. Um, she was even an extra in a made-for-tv film. Um, but then in August of 1984, her parents let her move to New York City to pursue her modeling career at 17. <laughs> okay. This, what? Is, not, this <laughs> is not funny, but in my no nothing about that was funny. Anyway, but in my <laughs> nose in my nose, instead of at just seventeen, I had at just one. <laughs>
0: Just one. This bitch is moving to New York. Also, are women allowed to be rabbis? I
1: don't
0: know. I I saw it in a
1: couple sources, but I, I really wasn't sure. Right.
0: I mean, I guess the only reason I think of like, I guess we only see like, you know, I don't know. It's the patriarchy in my mind. Men right. in
1: positions of power
0: in religious communities. I, I just have no clue, so.
1: Right. I think we Let see it know. a lot with, like, Catholicism, like, only men can be priests and stuff like that. Um right. So that's kind of what you think of.
0: Isn't Aunt Tammy's sister-in-law Catholic?
1: No. She, she is a pastor, not a priest. I never
0: know the difference. I use pastor, priest, church man inter
1: i think i think church man is <laughs> the preferred term actually
0: that's, that's what happens when you
1: don't raise your kids in a religious fashion you have no clue what it even means <laughs> she calls god sky daddy actually so. <laughs> sky Dad. cloud man <laughs> anyway big brother. <laughs> oh god i have like an eyelash in my eye from crying laughing earlier i'm a disaster anyway <clears throat> okay back to rebecca um she was 17 not one when she moved to new york city <laughs> Um, And while in New York, Schaefer attended school. She went to professional children's school, which I'm guessing is like some sort of acting school for uh, young adults and children. Mm -hmm. Um, She also had some smaller acting roles, specifically a role in a soap opera, Guiding Light. Um, Later that same year, she was offered a role as Annie Barnes in ABC's One Life to Live, which is also a soap opera. Mm-hmm. Um, her role lasted for six months while taking on these acting roles.
0: <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to be quiet with my paper. I'm sorry. I <laughs> apologize.
1: A mess. Um, anyway, while taking on these acting roles, Schaefer was still pursuing modeling. However, she was only 5'7 and considered too short for high fashion and therefore really struggled in the modeling field.
0: Five seven 5'7 short?
1: For, like, runway models, I guess. I don't know. Are I feel like you like, have to be... We would not be models. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, too.
0: We're short. We are 5'3". No, I was just saying, like, are we, like, super
1: fucking short then? Because I've always... Not, I've never felt, like, that short. I've never so felt I'm... that short either. I felt pretty average. But I guess unless you're, like, 5'8", five 5'9", five you are short to be a runway mo- model. Average for women in America is like five,
0: five, five, six.
1: Oh, so, so I am short. Yes. Okay. Lamina's short. I hope she listens. <laughs> <laughs> she is short. She's like 4'11". She's, yeah. she's not tall.
0: I went to high school with someone who was like 4'11", like probably 50 pounds. I think you could lift that bitch up with your pinky finger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably. Probably. Um... So anyway, she really struggled with high fashion and being a runway model. Um, Because of this, she moved to Japan for a bit in 1985, hoping to find more gigs. And while she did find some modeling gigs, she unfortunately faced similar struggles with both her height and her weight.
0: Um,
1: So in Japan, she was too tall, and also um, they thought she was too large. Even though you can go look at pictures of her, she is not a large human, so...
0: Right, but also in Japan isn't like a size small here, like
1: an XL there or some shit. Yeah, it is. Um, but you know that's she's she got some gigs there, uh, but she just struggled a bit more. One hundred percent. With these struggles, um, to break into modeling, she moved back to New York to further her acting career. Um, and in 1986, Schaefer was offered a small role in Radio Days, which was a Woody, Woody Allen comedy. Ooh. Yeah, but her performance was largely edited out, unfortunately. And now, if you were to go watch the film, <laughs> sorry, I had a hiccup. Um, <laughs> now, now, if you were to go watch the film, only a small scene with her Character would actually remain. Um, and it's just like she's in it, but she doesn't really have, like, you know, a large part in the scene at all. Right. Um, despite these struggles, Rebecca continued to take on some modeling roles while working as a waitress. <clears throat> One of these modeling roles was actually uh, the cover of 17 magazines, so a pretty big, you know, spot to have.
0: Right.
1: And Schaefer then after getting on the cover of the mag on 17 magazine uh, attention was brought to her by the producers of a new comedy my sister sam schaefer received the role of patricia aka patty russell who had to move to- from oregon to california to live with her sister samantha after their parents passed away
0: what like time in history are we at at the moment 1986 good stuff okay i was like i've never heard of
1: any of these things so it's like or is this like
0: (laughs) where are we in history
1: (laughs) and again um rebecca was really kickstarting her career right around this time that she got the role in my sister sam right so uh she doesn't get into anything bigger until a little bit later right but back to my sister sam the show originally had amazing ratings Uh, But it started to fall around halfway through the second season, and the show was canceled in April of 1988 after just 44 episodes. After the show, Schaefer continued to pick up roles. She took on roles in scenes from The Class Struggle in Beverly Hills, The End of Innocence, and a TV film. I don't know what I was typing there. It says film (laughs)
0: done. I don't know what that means.
1: Anyway, a TV film out of time. On top of these roles, she also was a spokesperson for Thursday's Child, which was a charity for at-risk teens. Coming out of her show being canceled, she also was kind of struggling with image um, and you know, just the small roles throughout her career, but in April of 1989, and she kind of thought like people didn't know her and stuff like that, but in April of 1889, she went to a girl's shelter for um, an autograph signing, and everyone was awestruck by her, and this is kind of around the time that Rebecca was gaining popularity, and um, yeah, she was really about to kickstart her career. Unfortunately, on July eighteenth, eighteen or nineteen <laughs> eighty-nine, um, <laughs> at ten fifteen AM, nineteen year old Robert John Bardo shot and killed Schaefer at her home in West Hollywood at just twenty one years old.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. She was young. Like she had lived such a life. Like she had so many roles and traveled the world.
0: Right, and it's gone so much farther.
1: Yeah, it's really tough. At the time of Rebecca's murder, Bardo had been stalking her for three years.
0: Oh shit. Yeah,
1: she had been. Yeah, she had been receiving letters and like teddy bears and stuff in the mail. And I was reading an e news article, and one of, I think it was the producers on the show My Sister Sam. Was like, hey, Rebecca, like you shouldn't accept these. Sometimes people are crazy, and and you know that might be might be one of these cases, which right. kind of sounded victim blaming to me when she was giving the interview, and it kind of pissed me off. Um, but it does show, you know, that this was happening for three years prior yeah. to this incident. Um, and that's the only reason I want to bring it up because I was kind of annoyed by it.
0: hundred percent, that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely, but at the same time, you know, like. They, I mean, like, you know, they do take that, like, I mean, I guess at the same time, though, if you're a stalker, there's cases of stalkers that are, like, one eye contact, and, like, yeah, we think, like, they were in love, like, they think you're in love or something, so, yeah. Totally.
1: And I'll kind of, yeah, and I'll kind of get to it a little later, too, but it, it was just, like, oh, well, if she had ignored these, it, it kind of gave me the vibe of, like, oh, if she had ignored these presents, this wouldn't have happened to her, but no, because he was unstable, and He had issues
0: and he was obsessed with her. What was that? I said, I mean, like, as shitty as it was, it's kind of inevitable. Like, you know, he's going to escalate on his own and that's not her fault.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so it was like whether and I kind of felt too. like once I get a little more into the story, it'll kind of make more sense. But I also felt, too, that he he was going to do this. You know, no matter whether she accepted the gifts or not, because. He was obsessed with her from watching her in TV. So
0: Exactly. So he was seeing her everywhere.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, he had been stalking Rebecca for three years prior to the murder. Bardo had had obsessive behavior prior to this, having been obsessed with Samantha Smith, a child peace activist. Um Smith passed away though in a plane accident in nineteen eighty five, and that's kind of when Bardo needed a new target, and began writing many letters to Rebecca. She even answered him once, uh, you know, just answering fan mail.
0: Right. I do remember this story. Now that you mentioned that, he, like, yeah, okay, I slightly. I mean, I remember. Now it makes a little, ow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So in
1: 1987, he traveled to L.A. to try and meet Rebecca on the set of My Sister Sam. Mm -hmm. Security guards at Warner Brothers turned him away, though. Obviously, because you can't just walk onto a set. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> he returned a month later, but again the guards prevented him from entering the set. Also, could you imagine flying all the way from Arizona to LA? I mean, not that it's super far, but just to get turned away the one thing he wanted to do.
0: Yeah, literally. Except when you're a stalker, then it's kinda like, oh I don't know.
1: <laughs> totes, but I just mean like in general.
0: A hundred percent,
1: exactly. So a month later, they turn him away and prevent him from actually entering the set. After these two failed attempts, he returned to Arizona and lost some of his obsession with Rebecca, mm-hmm. as he focused on Debbie Gibson, Madonna, and Tiffany Darwish.
0: Ooh,
1: yeah. Wide
0: range of people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Quite random.
1: But this all changed when Bardo watched Schaefer in scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills. Because Schaefer in one scene appears in bed with another character. Uh-huh. This enraged Bardo, and he decided that Rebecca needed to be punished because she had become another Hollywood whore.
0: Of course it did. Of he course.
1: is also yeah, I know. He has also stated that she was supposed to save herself for him. They had, you know, this special relationship and and she wasn't supposed to do that and she betrayed him. Basically, he's he is just not stable and right. seeing her like literally he fell in love with her on my sister Sam right, and then just watching, just watching her and then seeing her in a movie where she's acting and not doing anything that's makes that's him feel it. betrayed yeah so you know the letter that's why the letter thing and the teddy bear thing pissed me off because it was like no he was going to do this no matter what
0: this was going to happen
1: yeah the stalking at least. Exactly. Yeah. Um so he needed to find a way to punish her. Bardot ended up ended up learning that um after Teresa Saldano was stalked and stabbed by her stalker. Mm-hmm. She ended up surviving, just so we know. But he learned from that incident that her stalker used a private investigator to get her address. And basically all this PI had to do was request the records from the DMV for a dollar.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I remember this. Oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. That's super fucked. Yeah. So after getting Rebecca's address from the DMV and his PI, Bardo traveled to Los Angeles for the third and final time. He walked around Rebecca's neighborhood asking neighbors if she really lived there to ensure he was in the right place. Right. Once he was sure, he rang her doorbell. Rebecca was preparing for an audition for The Godfather Part Three and was expecting a script to be delivered that day. And I only I only saw this in one article, but it mentioned that, you know, the little intercom buzzer that you can like buzz down and see who's there. Mm-hmm it mentioned that that was broken so she couldn't just buzz down and see who was there okay so because she was expecting the script for her audition later that day she answered the door he showed her a letter and autograph that she had sent him in the past mm-hmm. she she told him you know thank you so much like so happy to see you i am busy though please do not come back to my residence also to note, he showed up with a copy of Catcher in the Rye, which is the same book that Mark David Chapman had on him when he killed John Lennon. So there was kind of thoughts that he was trying to copy right. that. So um, anyway, they have this, you know, little conversation like, oh, thank you so much. I'm I'm really busy. I am auditioning tonight. So uh, if you could just, you know, not come back here, that'd be really great. Thank you, though, for being a fan. And then um, he leaves. One source said that he asked her for an autograph as well, uh, but I, I only saw it one place, so I'm not sure. And it also kind of sounds like he had one already, so right, exactly. So why would he need another? Yeah. So then Bardot leaves, and he went to a diner where he had breakfast, but unfortunately returned to her apartment an hour later after he was done eating. When Rebecca answered the door, she was angry now. She was like, hey, I told you not to come back. What are you doing here? Right. In later interviews, he says that this pissed him off. He was like, oh, like, why would you be so rude to a fan? Because you're creepy. That's why. It's weird. Because women aren't entitled. Like, you aren't entitled to women's attention. You aren't. In- yeah. You are not entitled to this woman's attention that you've seen on TV and who wrote you one letter because you were a fan. She didn't owe you that letter. She's just doing her job.
0: Literally, like, you're not entitled to her time.
1: No. So when Rebecca answered the door, she was angry, like I said. Bardo then pulled out a handgun and shot her point blank in the chest in the doorway of her home. Ugh. Rebecca fell backwards into her doorway and asked Bardo repeatedly why. Which just, like, breaks my really heart. sad. Right. Yeah. Rebecca had been fate had been Jesus I can't read. Um Rebecca had been raced to Senior Sinai Medical Center but was pronounced dead 30 minutes after arrival. Rebecca is buried at Ahave Shalom Cemetery in Portland, Oregon. Oh. Yeah, cuz she's from Eugene. Right. Yeah. Um so after the crime. Mm-hmm. The next day, Bardo was reported running through traffic on I-10 in Tucson, Arizona, screaming that he killed Rebecca Schaefer. Oh, shit. Yeah. How the
0: fuck would he do that?
1: Um. So apparently his goal had been to be hit and killed by a car. Obviously, huh. that didn't happen because people reported him. And right. the police arrived and arrested him, where he confessed immediately. Right. He was transferred back to Los Angeles, where Marsha Clark, which is also the same prosecutor on the OJ case, yes. Isn't she a baddie? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know much
0: about the. I don't know much about Marsha Clark. I just.
1: I mean, OJ exists in the wild, so there's that. Anyway.
0: My favorite, okay, just one little track. My favorite OJ quote is him being like saying that he's like scared of like the killer being loose in California. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that so fucking hilarious. He like passes by a
1: mirror and he's like ah. It your Spider Man meme where they're yeah. all pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah, he's <they're> like ah. Oh. <laughs> okay, my oh, side shit. Goes. Marsha Clark was the prosecutor and she prosecuted Bardo. Although he tried to go with an insanity defense, Bardo was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Oh, I also forgot to mention earlier. I think I skipped the line on accident. Um, but when he wanted to, you know, punish Rebecca, he ended up asking his brother to buy the gun for him, which his brother did. What? And then because he had dropped out of high school because of his mental illness and had been in treatment and wasn't allowed to own a firearm. Oh. Um, yeah, and so his brother bought it for him. And his brother who bought this weapon for him also tried to, like, be his witness for his insanity defense. And I'm like, why'd you buy someone you thought was insane? The a gun.
0: Did he get prosecuted with anything?
1: No, he didn't. Mm.
0: That's accessory to murder, but whatever. But go off. <laughs> I'm just using lawyer terms on what it's actually. I just know that he was an accessory to that. So, I mean, I'm just
1: assuming <laughs> it's
0: all the same terms, the a blanket term.
1: It's not. It's okay. Um... <laughs> So, anyway, this insanity defense, basically, the jury and the judge say, get fucked. And they don't allow that to happen. Um, Bardo was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, like I said. In 2007, he was stabbed 11 times at Neal Creek State Prison by a fellow inmate. Also, I thought it was – I think it's funny when they call someone – who like assaults someone else, a fellow inmate, because it se- makes it seem like friendly when Next like a, that's used. like a hundred and ten percent it is not, but it's, it's okay. a fellow stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, he survived, but he obviously had severe injuries. He is currently incarcerated in Avanel State Prison in Central California. Rebecca's killing was obviously tragic, but it did impact federal and state law. Um, the law impact the murder impacted the way the law looked at the release of personal information through the DMV. Um, it created the Driver's Privacy Protection Act, and it prevents the DMV from releasing addresses because fucking obviously
0: just shitty that someone
1: had to, like, die because of it. Yeah, because you wanted to give away people's addresses for a fucking dollar? Like, gross. Well, didn't anyway. addresses used be in
0: like, phone books and shit? Yeah,
1: and that's also problematic. So, <laughs> as someone who works with victims of crime and, like, helps survivors of assault and stalking, I think it's disgusting that we ever were like, let's give everybody your address in this book. That uh-huh. we mailed to them without (laughs) the masking. Whatever. (laughs) um, Anyway, anti-stalking laws were also enacted for the first time ever in any state Mm, after Schaefer's death. Yeah. Because you know that's not the
0: first stalking case. No.
1: So in 1990, California enacted the first stalking laws. As of 2019, all 50 states have these anti-stalking laws in place. So, yes, Um, so it's really unfortunate, you know, that it took the horrendous murder and, um, you know, all the pain and suffering that her family went through and friends and her boyfriend all went through. Um, But at least, you know, the state and the government learned from that and were able to implement future safeguards for others.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah, um, I would like to say my sources were Wikipedia, IMDb, a good housekeeping article, and an e online article.
0: My sources, before I forget, are Britannica, the encyclopedia, and Time Magazine. The website, of course, because who the fuck has paper magazines? Um, also, magazines cost like. Almost $10 fucking dollars. Magazines are
1: expensive. And I'm like, I
0: do people to... keep magazines? Right. Like, I went to go buy one because I was like, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for a magazine. Like, I don't know who the fuck is, but I am right now. $10. I was like, fuck that.
1: <laughs> I will Google things. it for free. Thank you yeah. very much. I could I get like, two can coffees buy. for
0: $10. Yeah, two coffees. You can buy a lot of things with $10. Period. Period. <laughs> I was just gonna say something, but it's illegal, so I'm not going to. <laughs> we can talk about it later. Yes.
1: I'm I'll not gonna it
0: myself. <laughs> so, I chose to do um,
1: Sharon Tate, and this. I one, am reading I, a book about the Manson family. Yes, which I'm
0: like, I really want to read that after you, so I need you to send it my way
1: you'll be here in a few months you can read it I'll read it then
0: um but I I know I'm really curious I was really curious about it and there's a lot of details so I really wanted to focus more on like like I didn't like I didn't really feel like a besides like the theories about why they did it I didn't really feel like the whole backstory was like super like necessary to it so I didn't go super deep into her backstory um I did get the details, though, that she was born um, January 24th, 1943 in Dallas, Texas. So, And then tragically died August 8th of
1: 1969. Are you sure? Cause you I don't seem sure. I wrote it down.
0: <laughs> I wrote it down.
1: <laughs> I don't believe her
0: it's 1969 let me just double check I have 1969 I was correct okay so I kind of I have a lot of details on like like why i like theories about why they did it Mm -hmm. so this kind of just like jumps like straight into like the murder um so on the night of August like 8th to 9th, so like early morning, late night, in um, 1969 in L.A., Sharon Tate and four others were murdered by followers of Charles Manson. Um, she is best known for her uh, role in the movie Valley of the Dolls, which came out in 1967. And she was married to Roman Polanski. Did I pronounce mm-hmm. that? Polanski. Yeah. And at the time of the murder, she was eight and a half months pregnant, which is even fucking worse. Um, I never saw, but do you know by chance? Because I just forgot to look at this detail. Did they get charged for, like, six murders then?
1: Was because it was a fetus?
0: Because it was eight and a half months along? Like,
1: they did not, no. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. I was wondering. Um, yeah. So, summer of 69,
1: Polanski. It was also five people were murdered.
0: Well, Sharon Tate, I have their names. It said Sharon Tate and four others.
1: Yeah, so so five people. Right.
0: But were they charged for six for the baby? Was the baby considered one? Was what I was asking.
1: Oh, no, 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 I know. But when you started this, I'm pretty sure you said four people. No,
0: Sharon Tate and four others. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yes, yes.
1: I just Uh, didn't want to leave out one of them.
0: No, 100%. I don't want to leave out anyone either. Um so in the summer of 69 Polanski and um Sharon they're renting this house 10050 Celo Drive in an exclusive neighborhood of LA called Benedict Canyon so Canyon so very bougie um they're renting this place So Polanski is in Europe doing something something director a director isn't he so Yeah something. he's director He's directing a movie in Europe, yeah. Yes, the, all the websites just said he was in Europe um, doing his job, so I was like, he's doing director shit, um, directing <laughs> something.
1: Look at you, context clues.
0: Yes, exactly. Speaking of movies, I need the Hulu login.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they added me. my
0: favorite movie on Hulu, and I need
1: it. <laughs> text my husband and ask him for it.
0: Okay, deal. I also need to text him because I'm doing a presentation on Fort Leavenworth because that's the only fort that came to mind. So I was like... (laughs) Panic. (laughs) I was like, Fort Leavenworth, I'll just ask Will all the things. (laughs) So Polanski's in Europe, um, and there is some people with Sharon at the house. So his friend... I can't pronounce this. Last name, Frylowski?
1: Dalsky? Isn't it Frykowski or something? Frykowski, it's something. <laughs> here, I'm going to Google it and help you with pronunciations.
0: I can't I can't even pronounce the first name. Wolijek?
1: See, here's the issue. I read all of these. I don't actually have to say them out loud. Right. So, okay. <laughs> so that's the issue here. Um... That's- Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyway, it's it is Frykowski. I know his last name.
0: Okay. So Frykowski is his last name. It's his friend. Yes. Um so who's there with her at the house is um Frykowski. Frykowski's <laughs> I'm not even saying his first name. Wojciech, I'm sorry, I'm butchering it. This is just he's rolling in his grave. Um and Frank Frankowski's girlfriend is also there. Coffee heiress.
1: Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what? Yeah, I was I was gonna say, yeah. Anyway, go for it.
0: Yeah, the coffee heiress Abigail Folger, which mm-hmm. when I was like, Whoa, I did not know that. Um, they were also staying with Tate. So that's three of them. And then Tate also had a friend over the friend i mean i know the name but one second um, there we go hairstylist that's what i was looking for i was looking for his title yeah so celebrity hairstylist jc bring um was a close friends of tate's they were also there so um on august 8th charles watson charles watson Charles Manson directed (laughs) no the person who was driving's name is Charles Watson okay so (laughs) on August 8th Charles Manson ordered his followers even though he still he claimed until he died that he never ordered his followers to do this but um he did order his followers uh I roll yes to drive to this house and um to drive to the house with other cult members and kill everyone in quotes as gruesomely as you can so Charles Watson was the driver. So I'm not crazy. They're both named Charles.
1: I know. Uh, I just haven't gotten there in the book, but the, the women who were there kept saying Charlie was there. And so the cops got really confused and they thought it was Charles Manson, but really it wasn't.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, so
0: Manson was familiar with the house because he'd been in it with his ex-music producer at the time, Terry Melker? I can't pronounce things. So he's with Terry Melker, uh, or was with Terry Melker, but he did disliked Terry Melker strongly because Terry Melker was like, "No, I'm not giving you a recording contract. Your music because, sucks. Yeah, your music sucks." And Terry Melker got really weird vibes. And then later we find out that his he wanted music to inspire a race war, like crazy stuff like and it was inspired off of beatles album like shit was just crazy so it was just a no-go terry milker was like fuck you um so watson drove with susan atkins patricia ken winkle my handwriting's terrible and linda casbian um so he takes those guys and they arrive around midnight to um Alex's parent, they see him first, and he is visiting the caretaker of the estate in the guest house, and he's visiting him, um, they see him in the driveway, and they shoot Alex, um, he does die, and then, wait, he dies, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, he dies. But, he's the fifth one, that's why I didn't want, to, I wanted to make sure you didn't leave him out, because he's not famous like everyone else, but...
0: Exactly. I was like, right, because I was like, wait, oh, the original five, there we go, yes, yeah. so... He does die, um, and then they break into the main house, and they leave, um, someone at the gate as lookout. I'm pretty sure it's Watson, but nothing, I think, is at the driver. Caspian, they had Caspian stay at the gate, so they had, um, Linda Caspian stay at the gate. So, Linda's at the gate, and the rest of them, um, go into the house, and they break in, and they end up tying everyone together by, um using rope and like tying them together, like their necks together is what this article describes. So they're linked by ropes tied around their necks. And um, the first thing that the articles were telling me was that Sabring was shot and stabbed to death first. Um, that's how really they described it. And Fryowski, Frykowski and the coffee heiress Folger, um, they were able to free themselves and get out of the house and run, but they were chased down by krenwinkel um so they were chased down by patricia krenwinkel and charles watson who yeah they just chased him out of the house um and did eventually kill both of them
1: on the lawn
0: on oh on the lawn it did not give me specifics that's fucking terrible
1: yeah um uh
0: so they do oh, I have details about sharon's in here so they free themselves Try trying to be quiet with the paper on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, they fatally stab Sharon Tate, and they take her blood and write pig on the door. Um, <coughs> the next night, um, Manson took Wat- in Watson, Atkins, Krenwinkel, and Caspian, as well as Leslie Van Houten and Stephen Clem Grogan, in search of more people to murder. So they selected the home of some grocery store exec, Leno Labianca, thank you, and his wife Rosemary. So Manson and Watson tie up the couple and rob them. Manson leaves with Atkins um, and the rest of them just stay acting on orders from Manson, which Manson denies till the day he died. And they stabbed the couple to death, again, leaving words written in blood. Um, No article told me what words, if you know, but they just
1: said words. Helter Skelter, but they spelled it wrong. Um, (laughs) Of course. It it, it was supposed to mean chaos or something like that, and they they spelled it wrong.
0: Right. Um, He was trying to incite a race war, right? Yeah, he was. I say that in quotation marks because, like, no one fucking... Yeah.
1: (laughs) No one cares what Charles Manson was trying to do.
0: (laughs) Literally. So this was... Everyone was, like, freaked the fuck out in L.A. because Fryowski had been stabbed more than 50 times and shot twice. So these people were pissed off and fucking angry. Um... There was a lot of theories, and then this is where this brings me to the Time magazine, because there were so many
1: details. I was like, it'll be
0: easier for me to just, like, summarize.
1: Can I So throw something in really quick, too? A hundred percent. Throw everything um, in. Um, also, it took the police a very long time to figure out that these two were connected. The Bianca and Tate murders, because it was in different police jurisdictions. Like, one was the LAD, LAPD, and one was a different... police department and they didn't want and there was like a pride thing like they didn't want to tell other cops that they needed help so it took them fucking forever to figure out that the two were connected
0: right and that's a really big like serial killer tip too is to like kill in different jurisdictions because counties and especially like states like is the bigger up you go the less likely they are to fucking talk Mm
1: -hmm. so like
0: you know that that's pretty crazy too so like every like a serial killer like interviews and stuff like they have like said like that's their tips and stuff um because didn't like like ted bundy he killed everywhere and that took them forever to connect those because it was in like you know it was in utah and then it was in washington and like it was just all over the place yeah exactly so oh gosh there's like multiple theories of like how this went um Manson maintains until he died, I didn't, in quotes, I didn't have nothing to do with killing those people. They knew I didn't have anything to do with it. How would they know that? Right, how would they know that? Nobody's Um, gonna know that. (laughs) Literally, and, whatchamacallit, everyone's like, there's an underlying story to this, so... The story as Day tells it, I think Day wrote a book about this. I don't know who Day is, it's just saying his last name. It probably says in the beginning of the article, but I'm not scrolling up that far. <laughs> um, Charles Tex Watson, who was the driver, was also a drug dealer in LA and he lived at the ranch, which was like their base, the Spawn Ranch, S P A H N, with Manson and his followers. Um, apparently, Watson stole money from another drug dealer, Crow, Ber- Bernard Crow. I don't know why I can't read names today. Like you should
1: watch this. Yeah. I would also like to say that they have the dumbest fucking nicknames. Like literally. Like the, and then like yeah. And then like Charles Manson gives like his like girls new names, like fucking squeaky and shit. Like, oh god, so stupid. Ew, fucking gross. i are gonna make fun of them for being stupid because they are.
0: <laughs> um They were all, I will say that they were all found guilty, and they were given, like, opportunity for parole, but all their requests kept getting denied, and I don't think they've ever been accepted, ever. Um, Literally every single one just keeps getting denied, denied, denied. That's what every article has told me, so they're never getting out. I know Charles Manson, he died in 2017, Um, but Sharon Tate, more specifically, she was buried in the Holy Cross Catholic Cemetery in Calver City, California, um, and they were all found guilty in 1971, so two years after the initial murder. But here's some theories as to why they did it, because I was like, why the fuck? Like, why Sharon Tate? Like, why this house? So Crow calls the ranch. He's looking for Watson. He's like, she stole my fucking money. Um, Charles Manson was put on the line, and Crow threatened to come kill everyone until he got his money back. So. Crow's like, fuck you, I'm coming. Charles Manson's like, whoa. The threat led Manson to go to Crow's Hollywood apartment, and the two men fought, and Manson shot Crow in the stomach and thought he killed him. He did not. Crow's still alive. Um, Apparently, this was, like, a turning point in everything, and everyone was scared shitless of an outsider's retaliation. So, like, Manson's like, what is going to happen? Like, someone's going to come after me. So, Manson warned the ranch residents that the Black Panthers were going to come after them. Because he was like, crow belonged to them. He had no proof. He just thought they were.
1: Just making shit up? Yes. So
0: Manson's like, in quotes, now we gotta fend for ourselves because the Black Panthers are going to kill us.
1: Um, The Black Panthers don't give a fuck about you, short, weird white boy.
0: Yeah, literally, no one gives a fuck about you, dude. So... Manson he's he's worried about the Black Panthers taking revenge and he's now like everyone in this group knows I murdered someone so someone can rat me out so the theory is is that he comes up with this strategy of saying if everyone's willing to commit these violent acts we're bonded and no one can tell on me and no one can tell on you and then there's no proof that I was involved in the other murders and like no one can rat each other out because now we're all fucking
1: killing people. That's one, one strategy, I guess.
0: Yeah, so after this, Manson invites this motorcycle gang known as the Straight Satans,
1: mm-hmm.
0: odd, what mm-hmm. about the Satans? Um, <laughs> to live on the ranch to enjoy the female company in exchange for protecting the rest of the group. So he prostituted his girls out to this mm-hmm. motorcycle gang for protection. Weird. And
1: literally, I was reading, like, some of the, like police interviews with some of the motorcycle gang members, Mm -hmm. and they were like, it was really fucking, like, because only a couple of them stayed, but, like, they were like, it was really fucking weird, like, they'd just come out of the forest naked, and then just, like, leave again, and they were like, I don't, (laughs)
0: oh my god, Um, that's fucking crazy, (laughs) so, the Straight Satans weren't the only ones invited. Um, they, honor—they, I mean, not honorably mentioned, but they, like, mentioned another man named Bobby Busso, Buswell. Busway. Um, yeah, Busway. He's trying to, um, he was a wannabe biker, and they met him through the Topanga Canyon music scene, and he was like, I'm trying to impress the Straight Satans. So they were like, we want drugs. He was like, I'll go find you some, because I'm trying to impress you. Um, a simp. He, yeah, he got them some mescaline. I have no clue what that is.
1: I could not tell you.
0: So he purchased from his friend a grad student at UCLA. Um, the Stray Saints are like, what the fuck did you give us? These drugs are shit. So Boussouel is like, I'm trying to get my money back. Boussouel.
1: hmm
0: Why confusing names? Why? He's like, <laughs> yo, I'm trying to get my money back. So on July 5th, he goes back to his friend and they fight. They're both injured. Manson gets called and comes with reinforcements. He then slashes the grad student, Gary Hinman's face with a Confederate sword and fled the scene, worried that Hinman would call the police. And Buswell, Buswell, B- then stabs him to death on July 27th. So, I'm not sure when this interaction... Oh, July 25th was the fight. He then stabs him to death on the 27th, so a couple days later. He tries to cover his tracks and wrote political piggy on a wall in blood, and then later told the police he'd seen the two men who killed Gary and was like they were black. Um, Why? We have no clue. I love how they're just
1: like writing gibberish on fucking walls and they're like, oh yeah, the black guy did it. Like,
0: fuck. The black people did it. No, that's not how any of that works. Like, shut up. So, Mary Bruner, who was a former Manson um, family member, told LA uh, County Sheriff's Department in December of 69 that what's his face was swallowable. Also drew a black cat paw on the wall to suggest that the Black Panthers have been responsible for the crime. Um, he tells the writer of the book that they're talking about in this article that I don't remember a lot of what happened immediately after I killed Gary. Um, he was, um, he has admitted, who has admitted, he, so he did admit to the murder, was tried twice and convicted the second time. How was he tried twice? I thought double jeopardy.
1: Um, it was unless it was, like, a mistrial or something, in which case they could do it again.
0: They must have, because I was like, that's illegal, I thought.
1: Yeah. Um, so he really did try to throw the police off
0: and make it look like someone did it, but he did not do a good job. So he was arrested on August 6th outside the L.A., um, outside L.A. Manson worried that he was like, yo, he's arrested, he's gonna spill fucking beans on what happened with Crow. Um... Manson told Watson to figure out a way to keep things quiet. So he told, so Charlie told Charlie to keep things fucking quiet. Um, they were like, they hatched a plan to replicate this weird copycat crime scene somewhere else. So the police would believe, so little story <laughs> that Hidman's killer was still on the loose. Um, a spot was chosen on CLO Drive, apparently one that Watson knew because he had gone to a party that Melker threw there. On August 8th, Watson and three family members headed to the house um, and ended up killing everyone, sadly. Um, The gun that Manson used to shoot Crow was the same gun that Watson used that night. Um, Who ran into them after visit? So here's my question. What happened to the caretaker of the property? I don't see that anywhere in here.
1: Yeah, so he was actually, when they found the bodies uh-huh. um so the maid actually comes in the next morning and she sees the car parked in the driveway of uh what's his face um Stephen parent uh-huh. he, um she sees his car but she doesn't see that he's dead inside of it and she's like oh like miss tate must have had guests last night and um you know like they stayed the night or something right and then she walks in and she you know doesn't see Folger or Frykowski on the front lawn because they're laying in the lawn right um she walks into the house and she sees Tate and Sebring in the living room and she screams she runs out she calls 911 um they actually thought originally that the um groundskeeper did it because he was like I didn't hear anything he's taking care of uh the owner of the home's dogs while this guy's in Europe oh. and so like he's like the dogs didn't make any noise I didn't hear anything I had my stereo turned up loud like I had oh, no a- idea oh. and he couldn't and from from the caretaker's cabin in the back he couldn't uh-huh. see anything up front Right, Right. so he had no idea. And, like,
0: no visual? That's crazy. Yeah,
1: and so originally they actually arrested him because they thought he did it, but when they determined that he didn't, they had to let him go, which really fucked with their case and also, you know, further pushed back them figuring out that the Tate-LaBianca murders were... Connected. Connected.
0: So on August 10th, this is when they stuck again with the LaBianca murders. Um... So the theory is that Manson might have wanted money from LaBianca, the grocery store chain owner, because he liked to gamble, um, who liked to gamble, to pay off the straight straight Satans who were still angry about getting their money back for the bad drugs. So he was like, if I take money from you, I can give it to these bikers that are pissed at me right now. It was just this weird, whole, elaborate plan. Um, Tate's body was found August 9th of 1969. And Charles Manson and several of his followers were s- arrested for suspected auto theft. Um, and Susan Atkins told her cellmate that the theft was not the limit of their crimes. And that confession led authorities to connect the group to the murders.
1: Because she was like, yeah, we did. Like, she was like, eh,
0: like, we're we're fucking bragging about it. Yeah, no, stupid bitch.
1: Yeah, in the book I'm reading, they, like, talk about interviews with her cellmate. And she was like, it was it was the weirdest Fucking thing because she's just bragging to me about murdering this pregnant woman and it was she was like it was terrifying because she's like laughing and smiling and thinking it's fucking funny and it was she's like we're all in prison but that was scary
0: that's fucking crazy i can't even imagine that's like how you hear like bitches in prison they're like the scariest bitches are the ones who've killed their kids yeah like those kinds of that's fucking crazy um yeah Sorry, I kind of have to speed through this. I only have a couple minutes to my meeting. But You're basically, um, media outlets were like, Manson ordered the murders, so there wasn't like a direct like source saying he did. They kind of just kind of assumed, from what I'm understanding. Um, which also, the timeline that came out in the trial, Manson's own version was like, no, they did everything. And he was only involved in a passive way, whatever the fuck that means. I guess, like, he didn't know. He was just, like, with them.
1: Right. I don't know I don't how you wouldn't know.
0: Exactly. Um, so they were all sentenced to death. but Those sentences were changed to life in prison because California banned the death, temporarily banned the death penalty in 1972. So later that year, Watson was convicted of the Tate murders. Manson was also convicted of the murders of Gary Hinman. Donald Shea, a Hollywood stuntman who was killed at the ranch, I was not aware of that one, Mm -hmm. in late August of 1969. And the lead prosecutor wrote a bestseller in 2015.
1: That's the book I'm reading.
0: Oh, that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, um, Linda Casbian was granted immunity for giving testimony. Ew. Gross. Watson Bussuola and Van Hun are still alive (laughs) in prison. (laughs) And there are several other Manson family members who are not involved, but have talked to the press and done documentaries about life on the ranch. Um, Yes. So when was this article put out? Because they were still in prison at the time of this article. Um, Good thing it doesn't fucking tell me.
1: 2019. So who knows now, but. I feel like there's no way they're out of prison. I feel like it's life without parole kind of vibes. Oh, right. I just mean like if they were dead or not. Oh, gotcha.
0: So there is a movie that's like kind of low key based off of like them being in jail. It's like it's, there's like parallels. Um, it's called The Last Shift. And it's like this girl. So I'm just giving a shout out to this movie because this is the movie that made me fall in love with horror movies. It's fucking terrifying. It never gets better no matter how many times you watch it. Like you are equally scared every fucking time. And it's fantastic. It's a cinematic piece of art. So (laughs) it's called The Last Shift. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but it was when I was in eighth grade and first discovered it. Um, But it's this policewoman. The, you, she has to do one last shift at this old run-down police station because the hazmat guys are coming to take all the um, hazmat evidence out, so she has to wait, she has to stay, and then, like, the ghost of this cult that, like, even, like, res- like the actors resemble the Manson family um, are, like, haunting the place, and they're haunting her, they're making her see shit, so I just thought I would throw that in there because you guys really need to watch it, and it's kind of, yeah. It's kind of similar to the Manson case, but yes, Mm. yeah, very crazy story, very tragic, and it's just terrible that um, they had to be the victims of that, unfortunately, of some crazy, stupid white man's agenda.
1: Yeah. Yes. Charles Manson was a crazy asshole, so was a crazy asshole.
0: Um you guys next week is going to be another listener story slash like current events. Um you can send us, you know, ideas for their stories. You can send us your stories on Instagram. You can send them to our Gmail. Um, that's about it. At Killer Crime and Sister Time on Instagram. And then at Killer Crime and Sister Time at gmail.com. And we accept all those there. Um yeah, just Tell us all the things. We will do anything. We will talk about anything. So
1: yeah, and if you have like any story suggestions or something that's you know not during the current events, session listener stories episode, pe- please feel free to you know send those our way as well, um, or any topics you want us to cover.
0: Um, I, me and Sydney came up with the idea of maybe doing like um, unsolved cases like once a month because I read somewhere on TikTok that a way that true crime podcasts can positively impact crime communities is by um, talking about unsolved cases and, you know, bringing awareness back to those cases. So we're going to start doing those um, a little more frequently, so that will be a little more frequent theme, and then we'll get some more fun, fun, I'm sorry, that was a bad choice of words, interesting themes yeah. going for the rest, but... Yes, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you always keeping up with my late ass. So.
1: Yes, and actually this last time, though, was my fault, and then we we're going to record on Sunday and then Lib had a test. Anyway.
0: I did have an in-person test. It was terrifying.
1: <laughs> she should herself. Anyway, um, thank you guys for listening so, so much. We really thank appreciate you. you.
0: We do. Right? It's so much fun doing this, so I really it do appreciate it. Having an audience.
1: <laughs> yes, me too. Okay, we will see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.